Hi, this is Brendan from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Deathblade and Lady Chao Fung, and we're doing a review of Last Hurrah for Chivalry, a 1979 film directed by John Woo, starring Damon Lau and Wai Pei. Um, this is sort of a special episode because we don't normally have Deathblade on here, and unfortunately Adam and Kenny couldn't make it, but I think we have a pretty well-rounded group, so we'll uh, you know, see what sort of discussion we can, uh, we can produce tonight. Um, I think this is a classic enough movie that we don't really need to get too into the details, but it's like an early John Woo movie, and it's, I'd say, really revolves strongly around the theme of friendship and brotherhood. Um, are there any details that you guys think are important for people to know going in before we start our discussion? Um, I mean, I think that if you haven't watched it before listening to us talk about it, you should watch it. And um, But if not, then I think your introduction is good enough. I think that if I remember correctly, a while back, me and you were talking about, um, I think it was in the context of top movies of certain genres, and I think I placed this one in kung fu movies, and you placed, you had categorized it as wuxia movies. And so we had a little difference there. And so I was, I kept that in mind as I was watching it again. And I still feel like it would better be categorized as Kung Fu than Wuxia. I, I get that it would be categorized as Wuxia, but I felt like um, the majority of the characters were more grounded in just like ordinary martial arts with no sort of like, like flying around up, yeah. up until the very last scene. So I, I get, I get why it would be classified as Wuxia. And it's all, it's a swordsman movie as well, but I feel like it has a lot of more realistic, um, actual, you know, hand-to-hand fighting kung fu as we, as, as most fans would would think of kung fu, to put it into a kung fu category. No, and I, I think that's I think that's it's it's an interesting uh, aspect of the movie because uh, I, I get where you're coming from too because it definitely has it even sort of looks just more like a kung fu movie in general over the course of most of the film. And a lot of the a lot of the plot detours it takes feel more like kung fu movie plot detours to me than wuxia movie plot detours, if that makes sense. But I think I think where I was coming from was like you said, like that final scene, um, which we'll get into when we talk about it, and also some of the themes that come up in the movie. Uh, yeah. But but I know that you think highly of this film, and I know Lady Chao Fung, you also think highly of this film. So I think just right out of the gate, what I want to talk about is what what people like about it why 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 it uh you know why why you think it's so good well for me i think it's um um why pays best work that he's ever done um he hasn't done well he's not in very many movies and i do like him in the shaw brothers movies but i love this one for him as an actor more than I liked him in the Shaw Brothers films. I think it, they used him better. Um, he In these movies, he in this movie, doesn't seem to be going through the motions as he does in, um, like, say, Invincible Shaolin in the training scenes. He just seems to be just doing it. But in uh, Last Hurrah, he seems to really be genuinely in the movie and you know doing really good work i also like the storyline of the movie of the friendship and how the friendship develops and the the plot twist towards the end i never saw that coming the whole entire movie 
I didn't know that it didn't realize it would end that way until it was there. So at one point I cry because I was sad. And then at the very end, well, not the very end, almost to the end, I cry again because I'm happy. And then finally at the end, I cry because I'm sad again. So any movie, you know, Brendan, that makes me cry, I'm really going to enjoy. I mean, same, same kind of things for me, for me as well. Like the, um, I mean, I'm not as much of a connoisseur of, of the movies as you guys are. Um, this one I watched when I was very first getting into the whole genre. I honestly don't remember how I came across it, but it was back when I was obsessed with um, Usha movies specifically and Kung Fu movies as well. And I, it was one of the ones of many that I watched. You know, I, I, wa- like I did the Google search of, like, you know, best. I don't even, again, I don't remember how I came across it, I guess, but I came across it and I just really liked the themes of the movie and I felt like those two main characters were just so cool. Like they embodied everything that I thought was cool about the whole martial arts world and, you know, they're, they're like their own, they're on their, doing their own thing, they have their own code of conduct and, and then like, I, I, you know, I don't cry in movies, but if I did cry <laughs> you know, in the movie. I, I will do, I will admit to crying from time to time. I have not cried. I, I I didn't. This movie didn't make me cry, but but I I will I will give in to that emotion. Um, but I'm sorry. Go on. I interrupted you. No, that was pretty much it. Just um, I it, definitely very emotional. And for me, the whole, uh, you know, I've evolved over the years. I mean, as a person, um, I got interested in uh, Usho because of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's pretty much the starting point. But, you know, that was, that's a pretty old movie. And over the years, I've gone through many different stages. Like, I watched most of the um, the Usha and Kung Fu movies before I even started studying Chinese. And then it was af- then afterward I started studying Chinese. And then I moved to China. And then I translated. So it's like a, a lot of different things have happened. Now I have kids, and or a kid, I should say. Um, so I've, I've evolved a lot, but throughout all those those years, this, the, the subject of friendship has always been kind of like something that's important to me in different ways. And so that also really like hit me because it, it emphasizes that so much in the movie. And uh, and for me, I guess my uh, the, the big thing for me when I first saw this movie was that opening music really struck me for some reason. And I'm, I'm you know, Lady Chow Fung knows this. I'm particularly influenced by the music the musical choices that movies make. Um, but also, you know, like you guys are saying, the two characters and that, that twist at the end and just the, I don't know, some, it, it seems to me to be one of the, the better movies to handle the, the theme of friendship and brotherhood. And, uh, and, and I like the villain. I like, I like the way that the villain evolves over the course of the movie. And I especially like that he almost be, practically becomes Dracula by the end of it. And, yes, yes, I noticed that too. Yeah, he, like he, he's dressed like him. He's flying around like a bat, and I think this ties into to what you were saying, Deathblade, about how um, the movie does. It feels like a kung fu movie for most of the film, and it's just that last scene where you start getting the lightness kung fu. But it's it's really just in service, I think, to making that guy so creepy at the end because he's he's sort of lingering around the edges of the scene. And 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 coming at them like a shark in the water, almost like he's just sort of this this aerial predator. By the end of it, um, so yeah, I, I I think it's it's a it's a it's a good movie for for those reasons. What did you guys think of the fight choreography? And like, did you did you think this does this stand out to you in terms of the fight scenes? Or are there other things that draw you into it? 
Um, again, I think you guys are more um, connoisseurs of this than I am. But what I can say is that I there were a lot of scenes that really jumped out to me when I initially watched it. And my, my take nowadays is a little bit different because of, you know, like I was mentioning, my journey of life, I guess. But, <laughs> like, for example, that, like, one thing I really, really liked was how in the main scene where the guy who's, who I guess he's called Green or whatever, Greeny or Greeno in different titles or whatever, like, that initial fight scene where he, um, like, he doesn't draw his sword, but he, like, beats all the guys, and then he, like, actually, like, unsheaths the sword and then, like, sheets it back um, to, like, grab the other guy's sword, and, like, I, I thought that was really cool, and it was so cool that I was, for a while, I was obsessed with trying to make like write a novel about a guy who like his whole thing was he didn't draw his sword but he still like beat everybody and then there was the other there was a lot of other cool stuff like the the sleeping guy the sleeping wizard or whatever like i i thought that was super cool too like we everybody knows like drunken boxing blah 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 but like the sleeping thing was like really a, a really unique t- i don't know if there's any other movie that has a a sleeping master like that you guys would probably know better than I- me but I thought there was a. That, that I was haven't pretty... seen one yet. I feel like I've seen movies that get close to that, with the drunken master being so relaxed that they're they're fighting in a. But not. I don't think I've ever seen the sleeping thing, um, and it, it kind of takes like the relaxed fighting style to the just extreme end of, uh, and also the fact that he's like he's one of the more powerful characters in the movie too. He's not just some chump. Um, he's but like yeah, that... the second second last guy before the main boss basically yeah 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 and uh and and i like that ending scene too i like how they have to fight their way into the manor and it's it's sort of you know there's like this this real sequence of of people they have to go through and uh it's and I, like a um game kind of like a video game you have to fight each level in order yeah. to get to the to the main boss well who you think is the main boss and, yeah uh, and it's like i like i couldn't help Actually, I remember even thinking this back when I originally watched it, maybe like 10 years ago. I couldn't help, you know, I know you shouldn't like meta think these things, but it's like in earlier scenes, like everybody's out like in the courtyard and like they're training and stuff. And I was just like thinking what went into them like preparing for this, like, like all of the, like, he's like, okay, you guys bury underneath the ground and you guys hide up in the raft. No, I... (laughs) I do the same thing. Like when you have the guys that are like, you know, underneath the sand and movies and stuff you're always like well how like how are they setting all this up you know there's some of these films they have pretty uh, when when the trap is sprung it's clearly a very elaborate uh sort of setup um but but yeah i don't think you're supposed to overthink them too much but uh but but, but yeah, you're not the I, only one who overthinks it because i'm thinking well how long were they down there did they really expect him to come tonight i mean wouldn't they yeah. suffocate you know that kind of stuff so yeah and it's like i'm also thinking like Dude, like, why didn't you just like attack them with all your guys at the same time instead of like setting them up in this elaborate like the cage? Like, how did they know the cage would be like right above them at the right time? Like, well, but, you know what really has to suck is being the guys that have to fight them first, like the the the, the crew of men that that you know are gonna die. I, I just sort of picture them trying to talk the boss into letting them go last. <laughs> like, let's try a different strategy and put our strong men up at the at the front of this, but um. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it, but but it, I don't know. It reminded me of a lot of the sort of you know classic martial arts movies that you see growing up. It just has that you know. It has like all the greatest things that you expect in a martial arts movie. Um, yeah, and I, I was really happy because 
So I watched this uh, again last night for the first time in actually quite a few years, and I also watched it for the first time in Chinese, and I liked it pretty much just as much as I originally liked it. So I'm I'm glad that for me it it aged well, so to speak. You know, even even knowing everything that was coming, uh, I still really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I th I think I think it it held up. I I I was kind of worried about that too, because I'm like I've I've sort of put it on a pedestal in my mind, and and I and I always worry when I do that, and then I go back to a movie because you never know is it gonna is it gonna slip, and, and this one didn't. Even the even the goofier stuff in the film is really entertaining, like the the scene where he beats up the guy that he wants to marry his sister. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and it's just like it's a really playful scene, but the 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 punchline is funny, and and uh. You know, it just it just works, and 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 so, and also the stuff at the uh, uh, what was it, the fragrant mansion brothel, all the stuff with 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 the green character and the courtesan, they have like a um, like a weird romance where uh, where the the courtesan is in love with him, and he's kind of more in love with his wine than he is with her, but he still seems to appreciate her company, and and so you know that that, that actually that relationship was always kind of a puzzle to me. I was curious about. Like what was really going on there? Because he doesn't reciprocate her affection at all, um, and she's basically throwing herself at him, and he's just interested in the wine. Well, I got the sense that um, there's a backstory to that, and to me, it wasn't. To me, it seemed more like, um, and I don't know if I felt like this. Also, oh, incidentally, I'll I'll talk about the Chinese in a second, but. I feel like the subtitles were actually pretty good for the most part compared to some of the other movies I've seen. Pretty accurate. There were some nuances I felt that didn't necessarily come through. Um, so in this part, I felt like it came across in the subtitles pretty well, just that like he um, wasn't necessarily fundamentally interested in alcohol, just using it because it, using it to try to forget about who he really was. I feel like that was a, a, one of the main messages of the movie was that he's this assassin and he goes around killing people, but he doesn't really, he doesn't like killing people, but he's really good at it and that's what he does. And instead of sitting around thinking about it all the time, he just would rather drink. And if he stopped drinking and was like trying to like have a normal, you know, whatever you call normal when you're an assassin and your lover is a prostitute, but like a normal relationship with you know the person you love. I don't think he could he could handle that really. I think I think the point of the final scene, not the final scene, but leading up to the final scene. Remember where he's walking off and he looks back and he smiles at her. I think the point of that is that he's he he's intending to come back. I think is the point. And remember earlier in the movie as well, he basically said like, I just need to do this one. I need to do one final big job, and then after that like I'll come for you and I think that that was the whole point of that scene and the alcohol wasn't wasn't his motivating factor it was what prevented him from like finally giving up on his old life of killing yeah I tend to agree with that Blade. I think he he loved her and she obviously loved him but to keep his his sanity I guess or he numbed himself with the alcohol to prevent him from um, keep dwelling on the fact that he was an assassin and that, you know, it, sometimes he wasn't as good at it or didn't make a lot of money at it as he might have been able to. Um, but I really do think he cared for her. But I, I'm not sure about the look that he gives her at the 
near the end if he's I'm coming back or if it's a not coming back look um, because when she grabs the wooden post she drags her fingernails into it and leaves marks and to me that kind of signified that maybe she was deathly afraid that he wasn't going to come back and maybe that was their parting glance that they knew that they would never see each other again well and there was Go ahead, oh, no, I was just going to say, and um, uh, there was also a story he told. It was kind of, I've always sort of wondered about this. He, he says to, um, he says to Chang that, he, you know, when, the, when, he, when Chang's talking about the three guys following him, that, that there were three kids following him at one point, and then they all ended up looking like him and being his illegitimate sons. And, and I was sort of wondering, is that like a, is he just joking around, or is that like an actual story that is, is the reality? Um yeah, I, I, that's that's a good point. I was wondering about that too. Um, in the in the um, part, there's another part where he's where um, the green guy, the assassin, is talking to the woman, and I feel like this was one of those parts where there was a, a slight nuance in the Chinese that wasn't in the English. But I can't remember the English subtitle, um, but in the Chinese, he bas- he she basically says, "Why don't you, you know, why don't you stop like doing this? Uh, why don't you stop killing?" Or I think it's specifically in Chinese, she says, why don't you make um, this time your last? This is, I'm pretty sure, right before he goes out and kills the um, the guy that he rescued. Um, and in Chinese, he basically says, in my line of work, once you kill a first time, there's there can never be a last time. And then, then they kind of have a little interchange, and then that's when he actually then kind of almost seems to me like he contradicts himself and basically says, okay, I'll do one big last job and then then I'll he see in, in in English it kind of doesn't make sense but in Chinese it sort of does make sense he basically says um okay I'll do one last big job and then I'll give up so implying that he's gonna go away from that lifestyle even though he literally just said that it's impossible to do that so I feel like maybe there's supposed to be some sort of contradiction there um based on what he said and then interestingly enough and then I want to get to this before I forget about it I didn't notice this ever before until I watched it last night I feel like um, there was actually some uh, some pretty interesting foreshadowing in that scene, the scene where he kills the the guy that he rescued, um, and then it, le- it 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 comes down to what I think is the coolest line in the whole movie, uh, which actually again the English misses a little bit of the nuance I think, um, and this line is when the coolest line in the movie in my opinion is when uh, it's in the last scene and you know he comes to collect his money and the guy gives him the bag and there's just, there's it's full of snakes and so he cuts the snake bag open and then like all the guys rush out and then he, and then the assassin guy says something um in english it was pretty cool but in chinese it was way cooler and it was a little bit difficult to to um to understand what he was saying i had to get my wife to come and listen because instantly i was watching it um without chinese subtitles which i'll I'll get to that in a second, but I had to ask her for help. We we rewound it like six or seven times to make sure we understood exactly what he was saying. And basically, in that scene, so he cuts the bag of snakes open, and he then he picks one up on his sword. And in Chinese, what he says is, he says, there's something you don't understand about my line of business. Um, when I get a mission to kill somebody, I'll kill one person. But if I find somebody that's untrustworthy or unfaithful, I'll kill a thousand of them. And then he starts fighting, and it leads to the dramatic final scene. But I feel like that was foreshadowed in that scene with the guys, with the 
that he rescued and didn't pay him because that guy basically broke his trust and then he just killed all of them. Yeah, I mean, no, I, mm-hmm. that's a good point because yeah, that definitely and followed through all the way to the end, basically with his character. And that that makes that that scene makes a lot more sense too when you put it against that. And I I really do like the snake in the bag trick. I thought that was a really devious move uh, by uh, by by Mr. Cow with the you know I'm he's so sneaky he will pay you in venomous snakes which are just going to bite you when you open up the uh, when you open up the bag. Um, but uh, but you, and you said that there were some other things about language you wanted to to get into. So we should I guess we should sure. probably get into those before we we neglect them. Um, sure. I mean, like I said before, I actually feel like the subtitles were pretty, pretty solid in terms of getting across the meaning. And so since I translate um, for a living now, uh, like I totally get why people translating will sort of like deviate a little bit from the complete and direct translated meaning in order to like convey a feeling. And I think they did a pretty good job, but there definitely were some some nuances. I think one of the main nuances was with the uh, one of the main ones was the name. So like we talked about before before we started when we were kind of reviewing the names of the characters and stuff like that. The um, the, the the villain who initially appears in the first scene, who's called Pi or Pack, I think in different subtitles. Right from the very beginning, like when he first introduces himself, um, he his name in Chinese. He doesn't have a name in Chinese. Well, sorry, he has a surname. But he has a title attached to that surname, which, depending on the subtitles, it either translates it like as a name or just doesn't translate it. And his title is something along the lines of like a sect leader or like a, like a, um, you know, it could it, more like a gang. And you get that picture obviously as you go through the story. But it's like very obvious from the very get go that he's like a top leader of an organization in the martial arts world. There's also a lot of references to the martial arts world or Jianghu that, that aren't really translated in the subtitles that I watched at least that kind of puts the movie a lot more in that Usha sort of category mm. um, another thing for example is the um, the master is has a kind of a unique title I, I no, okay I'm going to pause here just make one thing clear I had a really difficult time watching the movie <laughs> um, the way I wanted to watch it because it's actually originally filmed in Cantonese and so there's there's Mandarin dubs and the Mandarin basically the Mandarin dubs that are are exactly the same as Cantonese for the most part like it's the same just it's like a different font or it's it's a different you know it sounds different but the Chinese characters are exactly the same so it's the same but the problem is all of the Chinese versions that I could find in China on the different media apps um, none of them have Chinese subtitles and so that's really hard for me because I you know like I can understand fairly well but then the important parts. I won't be able to understand unless I have subtitles there mm-hmm. to watch them, like the names of the techniques or whatever. Uh, and so then I was like, did all this, like I did a lot of scrambling around. Like I tried to, I have it on DVD, but I don't have a DVD player and my DVD drive is broken on my computer. So then I downloaded it on YouTube. I actually bought it on YouTube because I wanted to make sure I was doing it legit. But the, the YouTube version's in Cantonese and like that's really jarring for me and plus I can't understand it and I really want to understand what they're saying. So what I ended up doing was, <clears throat> I downloaded it on YouTube and turned the volume down and had the English subtitles. And then on another screen, I had the Mandarin version with the volume up. And so I had the English subtitles on one screen and then the Mandarin on another screen. So I was able to sync the two and like watch it in Mandarin and then have English subtitles off to the side. But I didn't have Chinese subtitles. There were a few things like I missed. Okay, going back to the point I was going to make before was, 
excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, the point I was going to make before was the master was actually not the normal title for master. Uh, the normal title for master is Shifu. But he called the master Shigong, and I'm fairly, I'm pretty sure he called him Shigong, which would actually mean his father's master. So that master oh. in the movie is actually his father's teacher, and it would be his teacher as well, but it's not just his teacher. It was his his father's teacher, which kind of changes the sort of um, dynamic that goes between them all. Um, other than that, like, oh, another interesting thing is, and and I, I didn't tell you guys this earlier, um, the, the Damien Lau character, Green, or in some of the subtitles, I think he's called Xingyi. The reason he's called Xingyi is because, yeah, in 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 Chinese, in Mandarin, it would be Xingyi, which is green clothes. He calls, and so in the scene where he introduces himself, he says, "What's your name?" If you remember, he kind of like looks over at his shoulder. And yeah. He's wearing green clothes, and he's like, "He's like, well, just call me Green Clothes." So that's the origin of his name. Um, and then, oh, and incidentally, the bad guy. Sorry, I forgot to point out. This is just a personal connection. The bad guy in in Cantonese, I think, is Pak or Pai, but in Mandarin, it's Bai, which is the character for White, which is the same surname that I have in my Chinese surname. So I kind of like had a little bit of a connection with with that bad guy because he has the same surname. As me. <laughs> um, and then, other than that, again, the subtitles were were definitely pretty 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 correct. Just there were some little nuances, like what I talked about before. I may think of. Some other things as we continue on, but I'll, I'll I'll drop the subject there unless you have any questions. Yeah, no the uh, the the thing that um, that I, that I noticed uh, was that I watched two different versions and the subtitles were uh, were really different, and so and I was kind of curious. There, there's one scene where they have the kids that are uh, fighting with the guy at the restaurant, and then they make a joke about. Uh, if they're going to buy a chick and what that means. And in one of them, the joke, it made sense. I don't know if it was accurate, but it made sense because they were playing off the double meaning of the word chick and how it can mean a woman and how it can mean a chicken. But I was curious if that if that joke had the same meaning in, in, in the original or not. It, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's actually really, really funny in Chinese because um, the, it's literally the same character, chicken, G, um can be uh, uh, it, it can be used to mean prostitute. So <laughs> when he says, "Let's go buy," he says, uh, "He says something like, um, you my ji?" And then the kids like, I forget what specifically he says in Chinese, but it literally sounds exactly the same. And he's like, "We're gonna go find prostitute," and he's like, "No, we're gonna go buy chicken." It, the same pronunciation okay. is the same, but but it but yeah. it, depending on how you use it, it can be mean one or the other. Because so. in in the other version I watched in the subtitles. They didn't spin off of chick, so they just got confused over whether they were going to get a chicken or a prostitute. But it didn't make sense as to why. <laughs> um, and then when I saw the other, I was like, "Oh, okay, now I get it. Now I see uh, that there was some there was some source of the confusion." Um, but but yeah, I don't know. That, that that kind of stuff is always interesting. Was there anything else about language that we uh, we wanted to cover before uh, we we move on to something else? Not that I can think of off the top of my top of my head if it, if it pops in I might I might mention it later okay um, so so yeah so I, I did want to get a little bit back to the fighting um, and I know, I know Deathblade this isn't like your area of focus but uh, but one thing I wanted to just sort of go over was uh, I hap- I noticed this time around the camera work a lot during the fight sequences I think that the because like the fighting in this one 
a lot of the fighting I really like, but there are moments in the movie where the fighting kind of like there's some scenes with the Guandao, especially where the Guandao just looks a little too heavy or <laughs> something, and it like moves a little bit too slowly. Um, but even in those scenes, the the way that the camera is kind of moving around and and moving through the action, I thought was really kind of cool. I don't know, it just it just worked for me. Um, and maybe I'm maybe I'm giving it additional credit because I know it's John Woo, and I know like the movies that are coming down the pike, and it's sort of informing my interpretation of what's going on. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know if anybody else had any uh, any thoughts on that, but. I enjoyed the fight scenes. I thought they were um, pretty good. I uh, especially liked uh, the fight scene that um, Prey had with Chang outside. And um, before they even get there, they have a little skirmish um, leading up to it. And Chang decides not to fight him. But you could tell that he was going to be a good fighter because when he throws the sword it lands right in between his feet. Like if he really was intentional about it, he would have killed him then. But, um, and the other one I liked was, uh, the scene with the sleeping wizard. That was my, definitely my favorite. I thought that was a very ingenious way of, uh, fighting. Yeah. I think, I think my two favorite fight scenes, I I like the sleeping wizard character. Like he, to me is like a, he's like one of these really cool eccentric characters that you just get in these kind of movies that stand out. And you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see this in like a a Bruce Willis movie. Um, but, uh, but, but the, 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 my two favorite fight scenes are the duel with prey. Um, because I feel like those, that's like just the, the energy in that fight feels like really like it's at its maximum. And, and the final fight with, uh, with Mr. Co and the, you know the the swooping up from the down from the sky and all that stuff, uh, and and again I think I think what I really like about that one is how they just use him like a like a, a predator on the periphery and you don't know where he's going to strike from you just know that he's going to strike, um, but uh, but yeah I don't know um, what about the uh, um, uh, what was it the any like were there any of the characters that that you liked more than the others? Like we have, um, let me see if I get my list of characters here. We have uh, Chung Sam, and by the way, Deathblade. Do you know in in this, in my version they called him the Magic Blade? Did that match what you saw in the? Well, actually, I was gonna just point that out, and and uh, what you just talked about, Lady Chao about the just a second ago reminded me of a couple language points, which was first of all the guy named Prey. Um, so I get why they call him that um, in Chinese. He so they, they, there is a pun in the, in the subtitles as well. I'm pretty sure he said something like, "If you touch my sword, you'd better pray right. or something, yeah. something like that." Yeah. It, so they they kind of had a little wordplay that in Chinese he basically says something along those lines, but he uses kind of a sort of an idiom um, that contains three characters, which then go on to be his name, and that name, the name they call him is An Ming, and An Ming is the character for um, peace, and then like another character which can mean like fate or something like that, and it actually could be a real name, like I, like I asked my wife about it, and, and I was like, is, does that sound like a real name? She's like, yeah, because the character An can be a surname, and then Ming it would be kind of a little goofy, I think, for somebody to be named that in real life, but it's, it's possible, especially in 
wuxia movies. So it's hard to say whether or not that's actually his name or his martial arts name. Um, and then, oh, you all, oh, another big thing, so this relates to what you just asked about, Brendan, which is, so this movie does something that um, I kind of talked about. I have a YouTube video where I talk about the differences between Chinese swords and sabers. And this movie does a thing where they translate saber as sword. And so um, so that guy, Prey, and also the Zhang San or Chung San character, um, they both fight with sabers specifically. And then the assassin guy actually fights with a sword. Um, and so during the interactions with the Prey character and the, and the Chung San character, um, they're always talking about sabers, not swords. And in fact, his name, if I was going to translate it, I would translate it as Divine Saber, um, not Magic Sword, I think was okay. what it was. It's basically the same thing, though. But they, they specifically definitely were talking about and fighting with Dao, which is the single-edged um, blade, which is, a, which is a saber as opposed to the sword. So that was one little point. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah, and one, and one of my versions, the Prey character was also called Let It Be, and that was the most jarring one because it, it, they still made it make sense. Like he said, because in one version he said, if they touch my sword, they better pray. And in the other one, he said, if they touch my sword, they, they better let it be. Um, but but I could only I just kept picturing Paul McCartney singing those, the, uh -huh. those lines. And, it, and I, it just it, I couldn't I couldn't get away from that 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 connection. Um, I guess like I, this is a hard one, but I think if you if I was going to translate it, it would be something like a peaceful fate. But mm -hmm. that peaceful fate mm -hmm. by implication is death. OK, OK. That's, I mean, I, 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 like I, I guess, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I like that translation. It makes a lot more sense. It, it sounds like that's a particularly hard character to translate into something that would make sense in a movie um, in English, uh, especially since I think these are pretty old subs. They've, uh, you know, they've, the, though at some point, Deathblade, I really want you to see Web of Death with me because there's one scene where they have them doing, um, where there's a there's a, a character who's meditating and they have him doing the Lord's Prayer, and I think it's because the subtitles were done in the 70s and it was just you know they needed something that people understood. Okay, this is some kind of religious thing, um, but uh, but it really sticks out now. Um, but I guess you know. But but oh, go, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, remind me of that one of these days. And then second of all, like there's two there are two movies which like in my. I have a dream of one day re-subtitling, like re-translating and re-subtitling. So this is one of them, and then the other one is Crouching Crouching Tiger. I feel like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, though, I, I've talked about this in, in videos and stuff before. There are actually some very, very big mistakes in the Crouching Tiger subtitles that completely change the meaning of the movie. But this one, it's not that. It's like the, definitely the main meaning comes across. There's just some like little nuances, like the Divine Blade or what, or the guy's names, where I feel like, taking a little bit of time to translate it not i don't want to make it sound like the other one's incorrect but like a little bit more nuance i feel would be pretty cool maybe one day i'll do that do, do you think the uh the, the the errors in in crouching tiger do you think those are unintentional errors or do you think those are things that they did because they thought they would play better in a to a western audience so they just made those changes i'm really i'm unsure about that because like i'm I've read, I don't know if it's on the Wikipedia page or if it's on an, in an article somewhere else, I forget, where supposedly the director, like, like edited the subtitles and approved of them personally and then, mm -hmm. like, pra praised them for how good they were. I just have find that really hard to believe because, 
they're just some part like so not to veer off to this too much I, it's okay, I have it's a video okay. on, on YouTube about this but basically the entire crux of, the, of Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon is the whole issue with the sword the Green Destiny sword and there's a scene where um, basically like the, that entire thing is like set up and foreshadowed and explained and it's completely glossed over in the subtitles so I feel, and uh, and that scene is actually very cool in the subtitles. And the only reason I, I, I came across it was because actually in the the video that I mentioned before about swords and sabers, like I remembered that scene um, and they're talking about swords and sabers. So I went back to find it to, to cut it out and have an excerpt in my video. But I, now that I can speak Chinese, I was listening to what they were saying and I was like, what? Like this is completely different than what it says in the subtitles, and it changed the whole movie for me. So to answer your question, I think they just made it, they, they just tried to make it more easy to read for Western English-speaking audiences, and then however it happened, they just cut out some some things that I think were pretty important. And so I wonder, because I've only really watched that one scene in detail, I wonder what other scenes might have things, you know, a little bit different than, than the actual Chinese. And so, yeah, I would love to see... A, an actual complete subtitle version of of that just for that sake and then for the for this one last Raw for chivalry i just feel like there is a little bit of like nuance in the way that they talk to each other especially the two main characters um it just feels it's more cool i feel like in chinese i think this is a problem more especially with the old um kung fu movies and old movies where they actually oversimplify the the subtitles and they make it, it I don't want to say Chinglish because it's not Chinglish but it's just not as cool as it is in Chinese like in Chinese it's not goofy I mean that's funny the comedy scenes are goofy but like the non-comedy scenes are not goofy at all it doesn't sound funny it just sounds really cool but sometimes you know the subtitles kind of like you're like what is sound. that supposed to mean and yeah so, I, so I, I feel like it would be cool to have it come across as being cool not just goofy no, I, I always kind of feel like I want to be laughing at the parts that are supposed to be funny. And, and it's not always clear when you're watching something in translation if it's intended to be funny or if it's just an accident that it was funny. And, and so I think we were talking about that when, we, when I was talking about, what was the movie? Uh, was it Jade Dagger Ninja? I can't remember the name of the movie, but there was one where there was this, uh, uh, there's this, there's this pun where, where there were these guys called like the four kings and he said something about I think I told told you this Deathblade. he said like you know more like no four king good and it and in <sighs> English it ended up being really funny but I don't think that was at all what what he, you know related to what he was actually saying um, but uh, but I don't know uh, we, we, you know we only got about five or ten minutes left but in the in the last five minutes there just going over the characters you know did people have characters that they preferred over the others characters that they thought you know, the movie could have done without, uh, or just anything they noticed about them. I liked all the characters. Um, I don't think there was anybody that could have been left out. Um, especially, uh, the, the villains and the, uh, and the family scenes, cause they really led around to each other and kept the movie on pace and, you know, gave a really good story. So I don't think there's anyone that could have been left out, but I do think that, um, green was my favorite, even though, um, I do like Chang, but I, I think 
just the way that his character was fleshed out and the way that he talks about being alone and not having friends at the beginning and then what he does at the end contradicts that and just he made a not a wide arc but he was he was able to change in a certain way he knew the value of friendship by the end of the movie and what was really important in life yeah i think he was my favorite as well i mean i liked i liked both of the two heroes um and i liked i feel like their differences and similarities played off of each other really perfectly like even especially like there's i remember there's i forget exactly what they said in but when they're fighting into the final battle like they're kind of like bantering a little bit and you know and they're talking about killing and what needs to be killed and how much i felt like they really had the 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 one uh jangsan the sort of like righteous master who's retired to take care of his family or for whatever reason and doesn't want to fight again and then gets dragged back into it beyond his own control uh or because he's tricked essentially and then then almost the opposite of that the guy who's who's chosen to just be embroiled in that world of killing and and yet at the same time doesn't want to and so he you know resorts to alcohol i, I just think it's this really cool pairing but in the end yeah i like the assassin guy a little bit more he seemed a little bit more I like the fact that he was sort of troubled and like, you know, hesitant and just he was a lot more conflicted and, and interesting than the other guy to me. We had the best jokes too, I think. I think he had the bit like the the, mm-hmm. the better funny moments. I, I I would agree with both of you guys. He was the to me the Damon Lau character is the the real standout character in the movie that you really are kind of rooting for. And uh, um and 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 Chung Sam is also uh you know a, a great character too. I, li- I like how he's kind of you know, especially when you see him beating up that guy to marry his, his sister. That's that's a very entertaining scene. Um, but I also really like the villain uh, Kao Pong, and and the and the and I guess the the second tier villain uh, Pak Chung Tong and his training methods. Especially, I really liked watching his <laughs> training methods and his insistence that his men train like he does, and he seems kind of almost demoralized by their abilities like i feel like he's worked so hard to get to this level of perfection and his men just are not willing to put in the hours of effort to to get to that same level um so he just seems like this this great master who's surrounded by mediocrity um with the possible exception of sleeping wizard and the uh the two snake technique guys but um yeah i liked cal too um i like the the way he um, he plotted and planned everything and got everyone involved to get done what he wanted to get done in the very end. Um, he was a very good chess master in this. You know who he reminded me of is the master of Passionless Valley from Return of Condor Heroes because he's this character who just gets progressively more evil as the story goes. And it's like it just reach, finally reaches like this, this, this ridiculous height of like, I'm so evil. Like in, in that story, he he beca- you know he, he presents himself as this nice guy at the start, and then you just immediately start seeing how bad he is. But by the end, he's willing to kill his own daughter in order to 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 have um, uh, Limocho as his bride. And and this guy's kind of similar. He's just you know he's you know he he he's willing to kill his own master and to and to throw a spear through his uh, his right hand man, whose you know loyalty goes back to his father. Um, 
any just kind of I don't know similar presentation to, but um, yeah, I, I mean I agree with you guys, and I, I I feel though that the so the main bad guy, uh, Kao or Gao in, in Mandarin is like, um, you're totally right, but at the same time it's a situation where whenever he's talking about himself, he's always like you can tell that he's the hero in his own story, and okay. he's always oh yeah it, yeah yeah. He's, you might call it excuses, but the things he says are actually not too ridiculous. Like when he's talking to, um, a couple times he talks with his like friend that he ends up killing, or you know his underling, and like the underling is basically like like he, there's one scene where the underling says, you know, you're nothing like your father, and he says, he says, well, my father, you think my father didn't kill and rob people as well? He's like, when you become the most top guy, you can do that, and people call you. A hero. Mm -hmm. So in his mind, he's basically doing. He's trying to be as good as his father was, which he never really, it's never specifically says. But presumably, his father. Because remember, this all started because the dad took the estate away from the, the. Um, That's true. That's true. Uh -huh. So, so you know that like it's always the case in martial arts world. The people who come out on top end up getting viewed as heroes and stuff. But most of the time, they aren't. You know purely righteous and so you got to wonder what exactly was going on and then he's always you know his, his initial motives for trying to get revenge seem to be kind of righteous but he just goes down this path where he's willing to do anything to get what he wants so do you think what we were seeing was a slow revealing of his true nature or do you think that this was his changing nature over the course of the movie where like he goes because at the start of the film you could sort of make an argument that well he's betrayed by this this he he, he basically buys a prostitute to take as his wife but but he's truly in love with her it looks like and then she betrays him because uh because Pac pays her a thousand tails more than he did and and you could maybe make an argument that like you know with each of these little steps he's kind of changing a little bit it's, I mean, I would argue that it's a bit of both because you, you know, you always have to ask yourself, um, you know, like, will Darth Vader become Darth Vader? Would he become Darth Vader if everything went good, or yeah. would he become like ultimate Jedi hero? And it's same. I mean, in the martial arts world, it's the same. It's like when when I, the true test of somebody is what happens to them when everything doesn't go their yeah. way, which happens to the two heroes of this story as well. And so you can see a big contrast to that, but. I think it, I, th I think that from the very beginning you have an inkling because remember in the very opening scene the people are talking about him and they're like oh he's uh -huh. a scholar like well you know not all scholars in Chinese in English it says not all scholars are men of virtue in Chinese it's a little bit more simple it basically says not all scholars are good people okay and so that point was sort of like emphasized from the very beginning of the movie I think and you have, you know maybe if everything had gone well he would have been like a little bit of a playboy but would have you know, been kind of good, but, you know, things didn't go out, turn out that way. And, and by the end, he's basically like an animal. He's just like, he just reaches like... Also, I was wondering, do you think that sword explains, like, what was the special quality of the sword that he wanted the whole time? Was that the thing that pushed his kung fu over the edge at the end? Or was it just him totally giving in to this animalistic nature that allowed him to... Because I got the sense at the start of the movie that his kung fu was not as great as it was at the end of the movie. I, th I mean, I think that this is actually one area where I wish it, there had been a little bit more plot development because I think it was the sword. I mean, remember the, the his master 
repeatedly basically said like you are he basically said you're too evil to, to like until you like mm -hmm. conquer the evil in your heart you can't i think the implication was it was a powerful weapon that would be too powerful in his hands which it, it basically was so i think that i wish there had been a little bit more explanation in chinese the name of the sword is pretty much the same as it is in the subtitles like the moon sword or something like that incidentally like um so just to point out that um the moon is associated with yin and with darkness and tends to be more associated with like evil underworld kind of stuff mm -hmm. um so there could be some connection there to where you know that that so it sort of implies that it's some kind of dark sword um but i think that yeah without that i don't think he would ever like he was never portrayed as being a, a, some top like you know flying around you know, like magically <laughs> the way he did in the last scene yeah that's a it's a pretty significant uh uh leap in his abilities at the end um, yeah, because his master even said um, in the one scene where they're in the bedroom that he would never uh, be able to beat um, Kai because he wasn't good enough. He would yeah. need someone that was much better. But then he goes on to take the two guys who took on Pi. So it's a, uh, you know, and he and he and he's doing and he's doing it, you know, not too shabby a job of it. Um, but uh, what and, and and just before we go, what did you what did you guys think of the of the fight, like the final moment in the film? To me, that really sort of feels like much later John Woo movies, where you have this scene where, uh, you know, one of the, you know, a character. Uh, I I guess we can spoil it because people should know the plot before they see this, listen to this, anyways. But but when uh, when when Green dies saving Chung, and he uh, the way that he dies is very picturesque. It's sort of a, um, you know, it just kind of you know sort of it gets into sort of the later heroic bloodshed type movies that John Woo is sort of famous for. Yeah, I thought that was a great ending, um, especially for for Green. It made the circle complete for me that um, he knew what he valued in life and he would rather see his friend live and he died because he still, I guess, felt that he didn't have much to live for. But he made that sacrifice that, you know, heroic bloodshed's all about. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I remember... I remember really not liking the ending when I first saw it because I wanted it to ha to be like you know walk off into the sunset ending, <laughs> um, uh, but I, it, it's it's a great ending. It's it sucks, but it's perfect I think for for the story as a whole. Yeah, it's it's one of those endings that you don't really like, but you kind of feel like the director did the right thing. Like it's one of those yeah. sort of situations. Um, and it's like even last night as I was watching it, I was like you know not crying at the end and thinking this is um, and thinking wait a second you know maybe it just stabbed his lung and then you know in the next scene like he'll just he'll sit back up and then they'll walk off into the sunset so that's how it ended in my mind it wasn't really a fatal blow it was just a very 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 like painful blow that knocked him unconscious he, and, he and is a resilient left. character you did see him get stabbed through that gourd earlier in the movie right. and he was okay so you know right exactly so. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so again, the, the movie is the last hurrah for chivalry. Um, oh, did you want us to mention the title name too? I know we, that came up when we were online talking about it. Um, uh, it's too last minute. We don't have to get into that, but, um, it's not too complicated. Just, I mean, like most of the movies, whether it's going from 
English to Chinese or Chinese to English, the, the name tends to be totally different. And in, in Chinese, it just basically is a word for a like a, a brave, chivalrous, righteous hero. It just means, it's hao jie, which, or sorry, hao xia, which means hero, basically. Um, I'm not sure the origin of the, the English name, but, but I mean, obviously, other than the content, I mean, I don't know why they, they went with, with such a long title in English when in, in Chinese it's pretty much... And it's not like you couldn't name a movie hero, right? There's a pretty famous right. movie Yeah, there is. Hero. There is. Well, I will say this in the defense of the title they chose. That was the thing that got me to watch the movie when I first when I first saw that. I was like, ooh, the last hurrah for chivalry. That sounds, that sounds pretty impressive. I need to see what that's about. And if it was just called Hero, I might not... You know, I'm... I'm you know... I mean, I saw Hero because Jet Li was in it, but if I just saw the, you know, the name Hero, I might be less inclined to watch a movie. Um, though there is another film called Hero. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a 1979 John Woo film, Last Hurrah for Chivalry. And again, we want to thank Deathblade for coming on here. He's a translator at Wuxia World, and he uh, has his own channel as well. What's the name of your channel, by the way? Just, so people... It's just Deathblade. Go to YouTube and go Deathblade, yeah. And I'll, I'll put a link below. Uh, he does a lot of really interesting sort of breakdowns of things like he was talking about, like the, the you know, like the meaning of the, of, of, you know, different words. And, uh, and I think you, what's your most recent one? I was, you, you had a pretty cool one that you just put up not too long ago, actually. Um, um, I, it's actually been hit and miss because I've been traveling so much. Um, I did, a, I'm going to start doing book reviews as well of books that are either Usha or Usha themed or. That's, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. You did a, um, what was the book? Yeah, I did a book called, um, Udang Fist of the Wanderer, which is, uh, a, an author named Barbara Doran and she writes original English language pulp fiction that's sort of Usha themed. So that one is. You can check the channel out. I go into detail about it. It's basically like a takes place in 1848. It's about a which is around the gold rush time, and it's about a martial arts master um, who retires from the martial arts world, then ends up traveling from Shanghai to San Diego, and then up the coast of uh, California to San Francisco um, for various reasons. But it, it's it's really cool. Uh, modern day Wuxia story by a modern um, native English speaker writer. So I think it's cool to have. Stuff is written by good writers in, in English. I mean, there's plenty of stuff in Chinese, but I like to see stuff by uh, authors in the West. And uh, and yeah, so so um, so again, you can you can check out Deathblade's channel, and we'll be back on next week. I can't remember what movie we're doing next week, but I know we have something lined up, and it'll be exciting, I'm sure. And, uh, and oh, I think we get into Alexander Fuchsung movies. Oh, is that is that Alexander Fuchsung month? Okay, all right, so yeah. Uh, That's August. I hope it's eight diagram pole fighter, but I'm sure it won't be for the. I first can't time. remember. Um, but we'll uh, we'll get into into that, and I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun. And until then, we'll talk to you later. Bye.